Welcome back to Epilogues, an unpacking of the weekly Aftara. You are listening to Rayako Trump. This week we are going to un- investigate the Aftara of Parshas Lech Lecha, the topic being the chosenness of the nation of Israel. This Aftara is drawn from Yeshayahu, Perak Mem, Pasuk Chav Zion, to Perak Mem Aleph, Pasuk Tes Zion. If you are interested in the context, this is actually the Haftarah or the words you are found directly after the Haftarah of Shabbos Nachamu. Shabbos Nachamu is the beginning of Perak Mem in Yeshayahu. This continues it. And here's how it goes. We're going to look at it in a few paragraphs because of the thematic distinctions and the way it is paragraphed in Tanakh. The first paragraph runs from Perak Mem, Pasuk Chav Zayin, to the end of the Perak, Pasuk Lamed Aleph. And it starts off with a question. The question is, why, O Jacob, this is in referring to the nation of Israel, do you say, Ustataber Yisrael, and does Israel say, darki my way is hidden from Hashem, umei mishpati yavor, and from my God, my judgment is overlooked. Um, this is the question that they are asking, and the prophet is telling them, why are you asking this difficult question? And he responds, have you not heard that Hashem is the one who created the heavens and the earth? He is never tired. He is going to, he perceives everything, and he gives those who need it. He gives those who are persecuted strength, and those who have trusted and hoped in Hashem, Hashem that those who hope in Hashem will have renewed strength. They will not be undermined. They will not be exhausted. So this is the first paragraph. Let's go back to the question. What is the question the Prophet is telling them or admonishing them for having? What is that specific question? So most of the Vorish Shazayi refers to the nation of Israel who have given up hope of seeing a redemption because of the length and the pain of the exile they're experiencing. The Malim digs it deeper over here by saying, and in fact, there's another type of giving up here as well. It's referring to the people who give up because they feel that it is all predetermined. Meaning, Ein Chayker, Hashem is not really looking at everything. People, Hashem is not really involved because of this. So it's not just that they're giving up on redemption. They're giving up really on Hashem as well. And the prophet is saying, why are you giving up? Why are you airing this voice of, of helplessness, of apathy, of fate? Um, how is this issue addressed? So the Abarinel actually paints us out very carefully that there are two claims that, that the nation of Israel have through the period of exile. The first is that Hashem doesn't clearly notice the details, the people. He may look at the nation as a whole, the world as a whole, but he's clearly not focusing on the individuals. That's Nistara Darkime Hashem, way is hidden from Hashem. But more than that, Hashem is also not involved in this world. He, there's no hashkacha or providence as to what happens or doesn't happen. And that is, my judgment, meaning there's laced in dayan. Hashem's not really involved in this world. Those are the two um, conclusions that uh, people come to after seeing this prolonged suffering um, without accountability of the nation of Israel in exile. And the answer is that Hashem both knows. So there's no end to his knowledge and understanding. And he also doesn't care. Hashem will give the strength and the power to those who so desperately need it. So that's really the theological question that's being answered that Yeshayahu is trying to tell those nation, the nation of Israel who are going to exile. Just out of interest, Yeshayahu is talking at the time when the northern tribes of Israel are about to go into exile. When the northern kingdom is going to be exiled by the Assyrians. And so this is going to be something which is going to be very practical, which will be very much what people will, the message people will need to have when they go into the exile. 
So now he uses a certain proof as to the importance of this concept. And that is the beginning of Perak Meo Aleph, Pasuk Aleph to Pasuk Zion. In this section, he, see, he turns to the nations and he says to them, why are you making all this noise and all this din? He says, Who is coming out from the east and is going to be called is going to take dominion and power over all the nations and chase them away. There's going to be this element of retribution and judgment which is being made. And there's many beautiful poetic metaphors in this section about how Hashem will control this process and this process of judgment. So you say, okay, well, it's shifted a little bit. Why is he talking to the, the, the Gentile nations of earth? Who is this person who's coming from the east? So first of all, what is this judgment about? The Mitzvah David points out that, this is, that Hashem will have to prove that, that Israel was chosen through the redemption of his nation. They and the nations around are asking, why is it or is it really that the nation of Israel are chosen? Surely they've been rejected because of the length of the exile and the fact that they've always remained a, a disenfranchised, lower, lower than the average um, member of society in whichever society they join. Um, Anti-Semitism follows them through whichever culture and whichever country they move. So maybe Hashem has forgotten them. When redemption will come, Hashem will prove through that judgment that ultimately he was right and his nation was correct as well. The Malmah says that, that this is not an attempt to prove or ratify Israel, but it's also the oneness of Hashem and the nations will abandon their pagan deities at which point as well. Who is this figure who is coming from the east to bring this retribution? So the Ibn Ezra says this refers to the future. It refers to Cyrus the Great who will come and destroy the Babylonians who destroyed the Assyrians. So he will bring retribution. He will be the um, helper or the agent of the divine. Even though he has his own agenda, he will be the agent of the divine to bring about retribution. Know that he is coming. That's what it's referring to. So it's a geopolitical expression of Hashem's will in this world as well. However, Chazal take a different tact and they say it's not referring to the future, it's referring to the past. The individual we're referring to over here is Avraham Avinu who comes from the east and he comes to the land of Israel. Why is Avraham Avinu the example or the exemplar of this um, idea of judgment and that's so necessary now? So the Mitzvah says because when he came to the world, people still didn't listen, meaning Hashem gave his message. Rashi says it's about people uh, adhering to the, word, the God of Avraham and learning monotheism. Um, that Hashem says, I sent my messengers, the Ababanel takes us one step further, is he's saying at the end of time, the nations will say, wait a second, we didn't have a chance, we didn't know the truth, how could we know? It's so unfair. And Hashem says, well, actually, I sent my messenger and only those who really cared joined onto my messenger. There were Yisros in the world, but there were Amaleks in the world as well, the people who listened and noted what was happening to the Abrahamic children. And there were those who didn't want to know what was happening to the Abrahamic children as well. What is the secret weapon that Avraham Avinu wields? So you notice that the description over here is Yitain Ke'afar Chabar. His sword will be like dust. What does that mean? The Noam Gadim says a very beautiful idea that Avraham Avinu's keys to success was his comment, Anachi Afar Va'efer, I am dust and ashes. His intense humility. And that intense humility is his sword. Sometimes we think that the only way to win is to have might. And might is right, but that's not the Jewish threshold. Sometimes we need to defend ourselves, but that's not who we seek to be. The Jews have never been a conquering nation, never been a nation seeking to crusade or jihad the rest of the world. The sword will be one of humility, the humility with which Jews have lived throughout the course of history. Then we move into the, the, the next paragraph, which is Pasuk Ches to Pasuk Yud Gimel over here, where it talks about how it's not just 
Avraham, but it's now Ata Yisrael Abdi, you Israel, my servant, Yaakov Asher Bacharticho, Jacob, who has been chosen. And he talks about how he's going to save the nation of Israel. I did not. I, I did not despise you. I chose you. Don't fear, because I'm going to bring you back, and you're going, and 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 people will suddenly suddenly now respect you when you do gain power as well. That's what's being described over here. So, what is the transition from the previous section? The previous section was talking about the nations and Abraham, Avraham. Rashi says that the 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 the, the transfer over here is from Avraham Avinu being so special because he found me, and you are so special because I chose you because he found me. So that Israel is an expression of this as well. In fact, in the words of Rabbi Dr. Mendel Hirsch in his introduction to the Haftarah, the son of Rabbi Shimon of Hirsch, I think it's a tremendous, a tremendous insight, and I'm going to read the words of Rabbi Mendel Hirsch over here. The parallel between the fate and the mission of Israel with the impressive accomplishments of its ancestor Avram explains why these words of Yeshua were chosen as the Torah for this particular parasha. Avraham's isolation from a world that did not understand him, his long drawn out patient endurance, waiting for the fulfillment of the promise he had received, his rock-like confidence, his glorious victory over all co- uh, over the all-conquering kings of the nations, drunk with their great successes, his still more glorious victory of his of self-perfection and winning his son to the same lofty height of perfection that shines forth from the summit of Mount Moriah through the ages. These are the prototypes of the calling and the fate of his descendants and the ultimate victory of the principles they carry for the world throughout the ages. That principle is the endeavor not to be blessed, but for themselves to become a blessing to others. That blessing expresses itself a noble humaneness, then that without any consideration of nationality, color or other limitation knows no higher joy and to make others happy, shining forth from the loving, benevolent deeds of an Avraham. This unselfish love, practiced in Avraham's tradition truly for God's sake, is that which must be, uh, um, be added to justice and righteousness to bring the true happiness of mankind. The battle for and the ultimate victory of this principle forms the essence of the universal history. So Aravtor is, is, is looking at Avraham Avinu as the paradigm for what Israel represents, despite the difficult and the vicissitudes of the complexity that Avraham Avinu went through, same, similarly to what Israel goes through as well. And finally, the Aravtor closes from Pasuk Yudana to Tezayin, where Akash Baruch turns to Israel. Now the metaphor is a tolas, a worm, al-tir'i tolas, Yaakov, don't fear, a worm of Israel. Um, because it, although that I'm going to help you, even those who've been killed, the very few numbers that 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 have been have been um, remaining, and I'm going to now spread forth the chaff. I'm going to bring and I'm going to uh, sprout you forth in the fields upon waters. You're going to rejoice in Hashem. Um, who are these people? This refers, says the Mitzvahs refers to the Jews who are returning from the from from exile. Sort of these images we've had the opportunity of seeing in our generation. Where you see the, the images of Yemenite Jews, Ethiopian Jews getting onto planes, never seen planes in their life, walking to the land of Israel. Jews crossing the desert of Sudan, many dying, and and understanding the idea of coming back and the idea of the the re the reaffirm affirmation of the chosenness of the nation of Israel. In fact, the Medrash Rabbah, in, in Bereshit's Rabbah, in Pei Gimel Hay, as quoted by Barbanel, talks about an argument that's had between Tevin, Kash, Mo, uh, and, and uh, Moitz, and Chita. So you have all these different elements of the um, a grain which are arguing with, um, with each other. So there's the stalks, there's the chaff, and there's the ears that are arguing with each other. Each one saying that they are really the 
um, the reason why the farmer planted the field. And the, the, the kernel of wheat says to everybody else, wait a little bit and we'll see what happens. And uh, it comes the time for the granary and the owner of the field comes and he starts winnowing. He takes the chaff and he lets the chaff go out into the wind and then he takes the, the stalks and he puts them on the ground and he uh, makes a fire out of them and, he, and then he takes the, the ear and he turns it into um, and he turns it into flour. And at that point in time, all the pieces of the grain realize that, that it was the kernel, the grain itself, which was really the point of the whole process. And that's exactly what's happening, says the Midrash, quoting our Pasuk in Yam Yeshayahu Mem Aleph Tizareim, that there's going to come at the time, the end of history, that this small little ear of, ear of grain, which everybody ignored and thought it was the long, beautiful stems and the, 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 the attractive chaff which covered and seed covers, which was really important. Um, but there'll come a time when all they'll be thrown out and burnt and the realization will be that it was for the fruit and that was Israel. At that point in time, then Atata Gilba Hashem then Israel will be able to celebrate. And that's the hope is that we get to see that day. In the meantime, have a wonderful, a meaningful day and a meaningful and a beautiful Shabbat.